1: a few years ago with on father's day and this mother's day i was trying to think what can we do to encourage moms in the room what can we do to encourage ladies um, with their uh, parenting just leading their homes and just walking the life of a mom and so what i've decided to do today is i'm inviting ruth Kneider if she will come join me Uh, Michelle Martin, if she will come join me, and Annette Hoyles, if she will come and join me. And we're actually just going to do a discussion panel. Jesse, put your hand down. You can't get a raffle ticket. (laughs) I saw your hand up. I'm just grabbing these stools. Thanks, Skylar. Sorry, Jesse, for calling you out. That was too much fun. And so we are going to just have a conversation And by that, I'm probably not going to say much because I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And just so everybody's aware, as we do these conversations, uh, none of this is rehearsed. The only thing, come on up, ladies. The only thing that would be uh, ahead of time is I've given them some scripture and some questions that I'm going to talk to them about. But other than that, all of this is on the fly you are? you'll make it work, all right, I apologize. This wasn't supposed to be challenging. We've had some great emails and text messages and conversations, and um, I'm looking forward to this. I believe deep down, they are looking forward to this as well. Um, We just got the bright lights a couple weeks ago, and I will tell you, it gets sweaty up here now. So for all the ladies in the room, just a full warning. When the summer comes, keep a a jacket with you, because we're going to try to keep it balanced, where you're not freezing, but my back's not soaked. (laughs) All right, so we'll have a little balance there. uh, But I am warning all the ladies, just bring a coat, because I have to do this twice. And yes, the only thing that's going to happen is adding more lights. For all those that don't know, a church was um, updating their sanctuary just as we did, and they updated all their lighting. So they actually gave us 12 of these. So right now, it's just two. It is a blessing, but I have to make sure that I don't shine my head in the morning because it will blind people. People will think I have a halo, and it's just lights. You can't see, but if they turn the house lights up, you would be surprised what you see from up here. So, real quick, I'm going to actually just go in order that I have here. I'm going to let Ruth go first. Oh, great. I know. And so, Ruth, just real quick for everybody in the room. First off, where are you from? How long have you been married? How many children do you have? How old are your children, if they'll allow you to say it? And how long have you been serving Jesus?
2: Oh, my word. Okay. Um, so, I was born and raised on a farm southwest of Stratford here um, a number of years ago. Um, and, uh, I, uh, what was the next one? <laughs>
0: no. How okay. long have you been married?
2: Um, I have been married 41 years, 40, <laughs> uh, yeah, 41 years. And, um, you know, I did write, write this stuff out. Children. Oh, I, I know that answer, that one. Oh, what I, this is my joke portion. They all say, throw in a joke. So. Back to where I was born and raised, Um, so on a farm, so you know what that means, you're kind of out in the open, Um, I walked uphill both ways, (laughs) literally, because there was a river between our farm and the schoolhouse, which was a one-room schoolhouse, eight grades. Okay, Uh, married 41 years, we had three lovely daughters who are 37, 38, and 40, and serving the Lord 41 and a half years.
1: Very nice. I think, Michelle, you're ne- Oh, no, Annette's next.
0: Oh, I'm next. I
1: think. That's just in my list, so I'm just going through my paper so I don't get lost.
0: I know. I, and so, I same
1: questions. If you have them on your paper, I won't write them off.
0: Yes, no. So, where am I from? I am from a small little town on the coast of Newfoundland called Carter's Cove. If you've had the privilege of being there, then thank you. Um, how long have I been married? It'll be 17 years this summer. Um, how many children and how old are they? I have two children. Isaac is 11 and Annika is eight. And I think it's worth noting as well that I have two children in heaven. I lost two pregnancies and uh, my dad passed away six years ago. So, um, I like to think that he's met them before the rest of us have. Amen. Um, how long have I been serving Jesus? You missed a few. That's Okay. One, Do you? She
1: got it at the end. That was <laughs> oh, okay, the 41. Good for you.
0: Sorry. Oh, I did hear that. <laughs> I was, I that was this is going to be way more fun than I
1: anticipated. I had uh, <laughs> <it feeling. laughs>
0: I've been serving the Lord since I was a very young child, about five or six, probably.
1: That didn't say how many years. That just said what oh. oh. I'm teasing. I'm oh, teasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm teasing. This is a
0: big year for me, so that's all I'm saying.
2: 29. Wow! <laughs> <laughs>
3: So do I? Yeah, your me? turn. Okay, all right. I am locally grown. I am from the, <laughs> the big hamlet of topping. Do we have any other topping? People? Oh, they all have their second service. Okay. <laughs> I've been married 20 and a half years. Cool. So, half the time we're halfway. We have four children. Um, we have a 16 year old son. You might have met him. We have a would be 14 year old angel baby who also beat us to heaven. And we have a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. And how long have I been serving Jesus? Again, Which, all my life, pretty much. So about 25 years-ish.
1: 25, very nice. Very nice. You can hang that on it? to it. Yeah, I, that's good. I
0: think
1: that's it. Lord, forgive us for all the lying <laughs> that's happened. And now, Holy Spirit, we yes. just give you the rest of the service in Jesus' name. It was me that was lying. I apologize. <laughs> I just, just want to clarify it. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, this one's fun for me, and this is just to kind of help lighten the mood, although it's kind of light already. But first question I just want to ask, and this is just kind of to make things enjoyable, but what is the most embarrassing thing that your mother or father ever did to you? Same order? Oh, you can go whatever order. Whoever yeah, wants first. to. Okay. You get
3: All it. right. <laughs> This should be fun. My parents don't attend here, so... I <clears throat> Although a lot of you know them. Anyway, um... Don't worry, we're recording. I love my parents, yeah. So... <laughs> I was raised in a church where the men sat on one side and the women sat on the other side. And, um... <clears throat> so up until about maybe five, it was okay to sit with your dad on the men's side. Anything after that was just a no-go. So anyway... Um, it was understood, my parents, <laughs> that we, if we behaved for my mom, we could sit with her in church. But Lord help us if we didn't, because we were going over to the men's side. <laughs> and so I might have been around 10 when I <laughs> got sent to the men's side. I think I'm still healing from that embarrassment of being the only female on the men's side.
1: That is
2: awesome. Quite honestly, I couldn't even think of anything. I couldn't. That where my parents embarrassed me, I could very well say, if you'd asked the question the other way around, I would have had a lot of answers. Oh, I'm
1: sure. I'm sure.
2: But. um, Nothing? I really couldn't. I I racked my brains on this one.
1: We were talking last night because, no, my family's not here. Emma had told Melissa how she embarrassed Emma by showing a video of Emma. And I just looked at Melissa and I said, I believe it's almost our job as parents to embarrass our children. <laughs> and I could be wrong about that, but I think whether I do it intentionally or not, I'm just going to do it.
2: <laughs> Probably <laughs> intentionally.
1: I get a mic every week. I'm sure my kids will be embarrassed at many times.
0: Yeah. All right. No okay. <laughs> I actually had a harder time thinking of it too but I did come up with a few Um, this was more not necessarily embarrassing because of my father but he didn't help the situation (laughs) so my father was the worship leader at my church and back in that day he was on the organ so it would have been you know probably he would have been there and I would have been here And I was a student home from university. And so the pastor thought it was a great idea to call me to the front and say a little bit and do a little prayer and whatever. Great. But on the way down, I fell flat on my face, off the platform. What did my dad do? He just stood there and laughed. (laughs) I was like, Dad, why didn't you help me? He's like, "I whatever. You were okay. You were okay, And I'm like, oh, my goodness. You could have at least, like, no one came to my aid. No one. I was just there. So anyway, that was one, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so nervous about this chair today, but that's okay. Um, My dad, who you won't meet, (laughs) because he did pass away, he also had a saying, wherever you may be, let your wind blow free. And so he loved to embarrass me by just passing gas in public. That was his favorite thing. And if he was here, he would stand up and own it 100%. So that was probably where it was, yeah. (laughs)
1: Oh, see, these are great stories, aren't they? Every dad in the room right now feels great <laughs> and was just given permission.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. Don't practice.
1: What? <laughs> oh. Okay, so what is your, before we, we're going to read some scripture in a moment, but what is your favorite part about being a
2: mom? <laughs> 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 He's going out of order, isn't he? No, that's my next question. <laughs> yeah. Favorite part about being a mom. Okay. Um, well, I, I don't know. You didn't introduce this part of it, so maybe not. No, you didn't. So we. <laughs> 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 no, I, I want to clarify that the reason we three are up here is because I'm a mother of adult children. You are a mother of younger children and you're a mom that is entered in the teen world. Okay, just so you're off the hook. No, yeah. you're good. So I did miss that part actually. Yes. So uh as a mom of adult children, I um I'm just very grateful of what I've learned getting to this stage and um I think Of anything, I'm grateful for what my my kids as adult children have taught me. Um, Of course, you just go through the motherhood reign, and you just go, oh, I don't know what else I can do, Um, because we are going to make mistakes. But I think the favourite part about that now, as adult children, is watching how they have um, flourished in their role as adults and um, whether they have gone through uh, hardships or they have victories just like you explained earlier um, they have been able to come through it with a stronger relationship with the Lord and um, just being so encouraged to see how they will turn to the Lord um, <coughs> In those situations, and just being seeing how they are um, truly citizens of this city that are um, focused on integrity and righteousness for their, not only for themselves, for the but those that they are interacting with in their life. So, I'm very grateful for that.
1: So real quick, just because I did drop the ball. How many grandchildren do you have?
2: I have seven. Yes, yeah, seven. Yeah, sorry. I should have, I know all. I'm just nervous quite You're honestly. You're good. <laughs> we do have seven grandchildren. We have Tyson, Pearl, Lincoln, Olive, Foster, who has a twin bear that is in glory with two other babies and lots of other babies, and lots of grandparents, etc., and Archer. Very
1: nice. All
0: right, so the question is, what's a favorite part about being a mom? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's just enjoying the simple parts of life with my kids. You know, watching them learn something new, watching them get excited, you know, sharing... Um, classic movies with them and old songs and the mornings when my 11-year-old actually lets me kiss him goodbye before yeah. school, which are far and few between. So I enjoy each one of them. So just it's those little moments that, uh, that I enjoy yeah. the most. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: And what do I
0: enjoy most? I would say it's a relationship and
3: um, especially watching them grow in their relationship with God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So I'm going to read a scripture verse to you, and then we're just going to talk about what it means and what it says to you and where you've found success and where you've struggled. And so Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9, says this, and we've read it many times. These are the commands, decrees, and laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and uh, and your children after them May fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands and I give you, that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O oh Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands I give, you today, I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them on as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads and write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates." So when you read this scripture verse, and it talks, especially from 4 to 9, when it talks about um, loving the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, and then these commands today to be on your heart, and press them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you're on the road, and when you're uh, laying down, and when you go to get up. So just any one of you, just kind of explain to us, like, what does this mean to you as a parent? What do you feel like the Lord's kind of telling you as a mom? Here is your responsibility. And you can even tie right into like where you've, where you've had success in this and what challenges you have.
3: For me, um, it tells me that my kids are my first ministry mm-hmm. and they are my, my mission field. Um, God didn't give them to, to, to me just to look after them in one area. It was um, spiritually, emotionally, physically. So, and I've heard it been said that the smallest church you ever pastor is your family so that's what I see when I, I look at these verses.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, very much the same. But also, um, this is scripture. It's the truth. God doesn't lie. And so when we lay claim to what he has given us in the word, and we're obedient to do that, he will provide the promise. It may not be immediate. It may be further down the road. Um, but I do remember, for me, when I, when I look at that, it's I think of all the years that I would spend in the morning praying for my kids and my family and later always seeing the fruit of what comes out of it. So my, th- my success is you lay claim to what God has offered in his word. And trust in it. Yeah.
0: Sort of two things stood out to me and along those lines is um, the importance of or I guess maybe even better the impact of legacy mm-hmm. and yeah. passing things through the generations and I know that um, one of the things that most of my memories go back to my grandparents but it's really been a focus on building, helping to build children of good, strong, godly character. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of where they are, what they're doing, what, you know, vocation they choose in life or those sorts of things. I, I don't care. I just want whatever yeah. experience they're going through, whatever they're facing, that they have um, the heart of God through that and that they and that they stick with that. Mm-hmm. The other piece would be about just immersing yourself in your family and God. And I know that sometimes we get really caught up in the big things like weekly family devotions and Mm -hmm. going to church every week and those sorts of things. But I think often it's the tiny things where you're outside. Hey kids, did you notice this? Or you're driving and an ambulance goes by and you're like, Hey kids, something's not so going so well there. Why don't we pray for that? Or my kids, you know, coming home from school and, Talking about Trump. <laughs> I don't know. My kids love to talk about Donald Trump. And so I remind them that, uh, you know what, you don't need to worry about that at this age. However, who? what are we responsible for? We are responsible to not badmouth him and to pray for him like everyone else. So I think it's just at every opportunity, and it doesn't have to be major, but when I look back on my childhood... It wasn't the major things that I remember. It's, it's the little pieces that had more impact than anything else that my parents probably had no idea was even happening. So,
1: I can echo that. I know I'm not a mom sitting up here, but that's kind of the same for us. right? We know that you know, it doesn't matter what church we pastor. It doesn't matter you know, if we save two people or if we save 10,000 people. My responsibility is to get two people into heaven, right. and that's my kids'. And so Melissa and I, we've, you know, that's the boundary that we set. And we try to do the same thing where, like, you know, you do, you want the church, you want the family devotions, but it's that, you know, it's the same thing. And it's funny, as you say, like, as an ambulance goes by, like, now our kids will be like, hey, we need to pray, right? And also, and you'll be like, I'm driving. So I'm like, what? What do we? An ambulance went by. Oh, yeah, it did. Like, you know, it's like, um, but it's amazing how they catch on. And I agree. I think that's what I know growing up with my mom, like, I remember being at church and stuff, but I remember the small steps of faith, watching my mom in moments where, like, I'm not trying to exaggerate, but it would have felt, in my opinion, like the world's against you and just being faithful. And that spoke volumes to me, a a lifestyle of faith. And even to this day, like, uh, there's times where I pray, like, Lord, just give her a break, you know? And it's like just watching her faithfully serve Jesus is what sets it apart. So we're in this area like, it's nice to hear, like, this is what our goal is. This is what we get out of it. Um, where do you find it challenging? And then maybe to tell the story of success as well. But, you know, as we look at this um, scripture verse, I think every one of us would probably say the same thing. Like, our family is first. We've got to teach them this. Um, but where is it challenging? And then maybe share a story of, like, I nailed it this time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I out. <laughs> <laughs> um, wh- the one thing I wanted to add to that, and I think it was you, Pastor Chad, that um did, uh, had a message where, as parents, we are the ceiling of their floor, yeah, and that always stuck with me. i thought, oh man if yeah, because I've watched our girls um be leaps and bounds ahead in their faith level than I was in my level of service and relationship with the Lord. But just because of the knowledge and, and that, that hopefully through us as parents, we were able to impart into them. And I must add, because um, my testimony is a little bit different than these other two girls, because I was the first saved in my family as far as I know, ever. I I think probably three, four generations back, it was the norm to have a relationship with Jesus. But then we got away from that. And so I was the first saved. And um, I had to learn a lot um, in that period of time, and kind of going against the flow of what um, the denomination that I was raised in, uh, what was the norm for that. So I was Probably that would be my embarrassing moment when I would stand up in the uh, mainline denomination and give a word from the Lord. And my mom's going, Ruth, sit down. (laughs) Like that was not normal at all. Um, So I guess for me, the challenge that I would say is that no matter who you are, no matter who your children are, we are all given a free will. We can only take them so far as a mother. And so everything that you've prayed and imparted into them, to the best of your ability, you have to let them go to make their own personal decision with the Lord. And that was a learned thing for me, as how and when I got saved was in the church when it was more rule-based than grace-based. And so I got caught up in that. And at that point, Richard was not saved. It was like six years into our marriage before he got saved. And so I had this big accountability on me. So I thought to make sure I was trying to do everything perfect as a mom, as a newly saved mom and all that stuff. So um, just recognizing you cannot be all things to your children. Um, And I... Would encourage you to allow the women and men within the church setting to be part of that upbringing for them. Um, don't get offended if your son or daughter runs to somebody else and shares something with them. Just know that you have you put trust into that other person, and they're getting back good seed from that other person to encourage your children to grow in the knowledge of the Lord and, um, develop that interpersonal faith with him.
0: I just want to expand on that actually, because I think as parents, we actually need to be intentional of creating those relationships for our children. No matter how great a relationship we have with our children, there are going to be things that are very uncomfortable to talk about with your mom or your dad. And, um, I know I had those relationships, and um, and I'm trying to do that for my children as well. I actually ask them, so if it's too awkward to talk to us, who are you going to talk to? I want to make sure they have the right answer. <laughs> and so I think it's very good, regardless of what age your children are, to have those other healthy um, mentor sort of relationships, those people that you can trust um, that your children know that they can go to
2: as well. Are you done? <laughs> oh, I talked too much.
0: <laughs>
3: just
2: no, my well, my
3: <laughs> just one thing that I wanted to speak into that uh, about the challenge <laughs> just for any parent or mom that um, I just felt this so heavy this week that I need to tell somebody um, I think the reason one of the things that makes it so challenging is because the enemy tricks us into thinking that we're not enough mm-hmm. um And on our own, we might not be, and we need those other people, but um, I just want to remember or share, remember the verse um, that talks about, I can do all things through Christ, so you're not on your own. Um, I've literally seen the success where I've prayed, like, in the moment when my child is asking a question, and I have no clue, and it just, like, boom, downloads, so and, and I know for me, the enemy has tricked me many times into thinking, well, I don't have experience in this area. I've never been a mom to teenagers before our oldest. And so um, who do you think you are to know, right? And so um, remembering that you can do all things through Christ. God um, has called you, and so he will equip you.
1: <clears throat> so we're going to jump. So you might as well not look at your papers. Um, <laughs> I filled them in on a question that kind of this term has been thrown at me the last couple weeks, whether talking to people or, again, listening to stuff. And um, I've, I just told them about it this morning, so this is literally on the fly. Um, but I would like to ask you guys, the term that I've heard so much in the last couple of weeks is um, mummy guilt. And so what I'd love for you to do is just kind of explain to me what you think that is, how you have struggled with it, and how you have dealt with it, and just to, yeah, just explain to me, like, what's mummy guilt? Because um, obviously I'm not a mummy, and uh, what's mummy guilt, and how have you struggled with it, but also how have you dealt with it?
3: Um, well, it's very real, <laughs> very real. Um, I think the enemy tricks us into comparison all the time. Um, and so when we're when we give birth there's a natural bond and connection and somehow i think we can misinterpret that sometimes to feel like we need to have everything that child needs so whether that's the answer to every question <laughs> um, and um, and so for me i have learned a little a long time ago that <clears throat> like you said um, I'm not the all and end all. I don't have it, My everything my child um, is going to n- need. And so I've had to get over the guilt of asking others. For example, um, I did do piano when I was a kid and c- went through grade eight conservatory, and so it was always in me like, well, i got to teach my kids. i got to teach my kids piano, right? Like It's a good foundation, and it is, and all that. But um, the truth is that there might be a kid that you just, um, your personalities don't mesh the, ble- the best. And at first, that was hard to accept. As a mom, you're like, well, I just have to. I'm their mom, right? Um, and uh, more recently, um, my daughter is learning how to sew, which is, what in my culture, I grew up, we made all our own clothes, and so I know how to sew. But life happens, and... Pr- to be honest, it was my favorite thing to do. And so I could have pushed ahead and be like, no, I'm, I've got to do this. It's, it's, I've just got to do it. Or I could let my sister-in-law, who's very accomplished seamstress and who loves and teaches it, have the opportunity and step back and say, I think she's going to do better under her tutelage. And Not that we don't do things sewing together, but I think that whole surrounding your kids too with other relationships and realizing that... Um, that you sometimes need to allow others to step in and be okay with it and not let the enemy beat you up about it?
2: Um, for me, it, um, it like a, Michelle said, it is a real thing. Um, and my girls will even testify, mom, you're too hard on yourself. Richard would say, you're too hard on yourself. And it's that that lie that I believe that, as a believer, you're supposed to be perfect. Don't let anybody see your faults, that you're not strong enough. And that is truly a lie. And um, so I have, I have learned to let go of my lack of being perfect. Um, And as Michelle said too, which I think Annette will agree with, that it is very imperative that we allow other people uh, to see us as being real, um, that we are—we are gifted. Each one of us are gifted in areas. So l- let your line sh- light shine in that area, and um, and and I—I I just c- can't emphasize enough. Don't let the enemy tell you you're a bad mom or you fail because there's one area that the, your kids didn't do exceptional in, or. Or if they are not serving the Lord or whatever, it doesn't, put your trust back in the Lord and have faith to believe that he is going to see a good work accomplished in them and not to, not to take on that ownership because it's not yours. Even as their mom, it's not yours to take on. You pour into them what you know and pray.
0: Um, yeah, it's very real for sure, and I, um, it begins from birth. (laughs) Um, I had, Isaac was a preemie. He was just over two pounds when he was born. My guilt started immediately. What have I done? How could I do this to my child? All those sorts of things. Um, and it, it changes with each stage of life that a mom is at. Um, you're wrong if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're wrong if you work, you're wrong if you breastfeed, you're wrong if you bottle feed, you're wrong if you do this, you're wrong if you do that. Um, I have learned to sort of shut it up because, honestly, um, I can only do what I can do. There are many, many things about me being a full-time working mom outside the home that my kids will learn from that. There are many things that kids will learn from a full-time stay-at-home mom. And there's no one way to do it. I think if you, you know, you have us, if we all parented our children the same way, they would probably all turn out differently. Right? You have four children. You have three. You you pretty much parented in the same way, but they're all different. Yep. And so it it really is something where we have to make the conscious decision as mothers to seek wise counsel. Yes. Uh, I think we often forget to pray yeah. and we just run to the friends for counsel. So I think we need to remind ourselves God is our first stop for trying to figure out the answers. And then there are wise people to go to. There are, you know what? There is a lot of value of asking someone who's different than you. Sometimes it's easy to be like, I know that person is going to give me the answer I want, so I'm going to talk to that person. But I challenge you to talk to the other one and be like, oh, yeah, you know what? That is all right. I'm a very type A, plan it out, analyzed type of person. And free people, oh boy, they, you know, they get me going. But you know what? I've learned, no, I didn't say anyone in particular. Um, <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) not you. I didn't say you. (laughs) But you know what? I have learned more about who I am, what my strengths are, from someone who has different strengths. And you know what? We complement each other well. And uh, it's important to, you know, see what people have to say. And you're not the be-all and end-all. You're not the one thing that your child's life hangs on. And so let some of that go. Enjoy being a parent. Enjoy the messiness, because it can be and it will be messy. And, um, you know, just do your best and uh, lean on God for for everything.
1: So just uh, one of the things you said is enjoy the mess. Um, <laughs> I know in my own home, and but, like, we spent yesterday took Saturday, sometime Saturday, just cleaning the house, right? Like, and I'm glad, I appreciate you laughing already. Um, but I think for everybody in the room, like, when we have people over even for a visit, like, I've been I've invited people's houses, and I come in, and, and I can see the stress on your face mm-hmm. of the fact that I've come in the door, and when, uh, I'll have people over on a Sunday sometimes after church, and I've told a few people when they come, I've told some guys, I'm like, look at pack some gym shorts and, like, an old <laughs> T-shirt because as soon as I get home, I want you to know that's what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. And then they'll show up in their Sunday best, and they're like, oh, you were serious. <laughs> like, and so it's just this part of we should just do life together mm-hmm. and realize, like, I can spend hours cleaning my house, and all I have to do is take my eyes off my kids. <laughs> and it's like, what just happened? <laughs> and I think... um I heard one pastor say this with all the social media that we have today. Too often we compare our lives to everybody's highlight reel. Yeah. Right? Like, I'll be honest. I'm not taking the picture of my dog pooping in my kitchen <laughs> yesterday and posting it online of like, hey, we had put company over for dinner and look what happened. Right? Like, it's, I'm not sharing this, although I'm sharing it now. Right? But, like, there's these moments where... You just laugh, and I know um, uh, just, you know, I'm obviously married, and so I know the mommy guilt from my wife, Melissa, and and I found it funny because I remember um, when we lived in Strathmore, our kids were younger. We were just joking about this yesterday, and we had bought a big beanbag chair for Miles' room, and all of us, yeah, people are laughing already. Um, All of a sudden, Melissa called me. I was at the church, and she's like, you need to come home now. And I'm like, for what? Now. And she hung up the phone. And I was like, <laughs> all right. So I quickly packed up and I came home. And she just goes, and she's by herself in the like, front room. And she just goes, you need to just go look in Miles' room. I'm like, where's the kids? In Miles' room. So I come walking up the stairs and I open the door. And it's winter time. <laughs> and I had to be impressed because she actually just, she opened the door because they were quiet. She opened the door. She saw this disaster and she didn't say anything. She said she just closed the door quietly. (laughs) She went and got a camera and came back and she's like, I might as well just snap some photos of this. When we moved to come here, we still found (laughs) little beanbag chair fillers all over the place. It was ridiculous. I think, ladies, I've enjoyed this and I'm just time-wise we're going to wrap up. Um, But I would love for you to Uh, Do two more things for me, if you can. Um, Answer this question, and this is probably a tough question, but what is something you wish your children knew about you?
0: Um, I'm not that old. (laughs) (laughs) Despite... The gray hair. I've just. I'm just embracing this because I. When I turn 60, people are going to be like, "Wow, you haven't aged in 20 years. You got that right." <laughs> so, I can't keep up with the hair dye. Sorry, and uh, I am a good dancer. I do a mean floss, and. <laughs>
1: I, and I think we uh, need. I do we'll believe see. that we need some proof <laughs> on that. <laughs>
0: and I'm moving on and um, I wish and I've thought of this a number of times part of going back to that um, you know the mom guilt starts as soon as the baby's born another thing that happens is as soon as the baby's born all you want to say to your own mother is oh I get it and I'm sorry (laughs) Not for the birthing process. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you have your own children, you finally, that light bulb goes off, and you're like, I now have the perspective of a mother. Mm -hmm. And I wish, just for a moment, my children could feel how much I love them. Mm -hmm. And I think that God would love to be able to do the same thing. Like, if we could just... You know, in the movies, when it's like if you just touch someone, they can experience what you're experiencing, like, like that sort of yeah. weird yeah. thing where if you could just feel the depth of your mother's love and then so many things become clear, that's what I wish I could do.
2: Hmm. That was good, did not it? That was very, that was very, very good. That was good. I thought about it a long time. I can't, <laughs> I, I don't, I can't floss no Lincoln does it really well but I can't for Um, anybody
1: that's wondering we're not talking about flossing our teeth (laughs) there's a dance that Annette's about to show us (laughs) that's called flossing (laughs) but go ahead (laughs) 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 there we go that was good just so there's no
2: confusion
0: yeah yeah
2: Don't yeah. worry, we get to do this twice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to bring Lincoln next time. Um, uh, they, uh, all three of them are here, too. Um, they, I think it goes without a shadow doubt, they know that I love them. Like you've said, Annette, uh, there's nothing like loving a mother's love. Um, and... I guess uh, I'll only refer to them as the adult children in my life Um, I want them to know that all the knowledge and the intelligence the compassion and their hearts have continued to make me grow better as a person, as a mom, Um, what you have learned in your years, I've watched and uh, you've encouraged me to take that inward and to change portions of my life that I know I'm not pleased with. Um, So to learn how to be self-compassionate and to love myself as I am and not put any greater expectation on me, and you have been very gracious in um, accepting who I was, and very wise, encouraged me to go for something bigger and better. So thank you.
3: Mine goes similar to what Annette said, too. um, If there's one thing I would like my children to know, is that First of all, aside from their father, they are the best thing that has ever happened to me. <clears throat> and uh, everything that's come along with that, good or bad. Um, and then second of all, too, that um, no matter w- where they go, what they do, who they become, my love for them will only get stronger. And P.S. my front door will always remain open.
2: Right.
1: So one last question. Um, so we'll, if we don't mind, we'll go in order just to he- help this out. Um, so Ruth, I'll start with you if you don't mind. What is the one thing you wish someone had told you ahead of time about having adult children?
2: And this, it's a good question because it's been on my heart for since I've had adult children, like from running out from the teen, going off to university, etc. I wish I had no one, if someone had shared with me the, I don't know, the, this is gonna be a total change in your life. Once your kids walk out that door as an adult, their lives are changing and your life was changed. You are still the mom, but you're no longer the hands-on mom. Mm. You are not, you are not the person that they necessarily will run to unless they go to university and they come back home to live again, or they can't get into that apartment so they come home and live again. <laughs> it's only happened a few times with us. <laughs> but but the long haul is that they they are becoming their own person now. They are responsible for their choices, their life. And with that change, there is an emotional grief in a mom's heart because you are no longer in that certain role. You have to move on to the next role, knowing, as you said, the door is always, always, always open, um, but they will have other people that come into their life that will be their go-to person as in a spouse, um, whatever. It's just you're not the total mainstay any longer for the practical things and all that. So I would just encourage moms, be ready for that to come. Prepare yourself. Be ready to let them go, knowing that you've done the very best. You've poured into everything that you knew, what the Lord impressed in your heart. You've prayed for them. So just rejoice in the fact that you have brought... Stable kids, one way or the other, uh, they will they will fly when it's the right time. So, um, yeah, I would just say be ready for that.
1: Am I next? No, we're actually going to come this way. Um, so, Michelle, what do you wish somebody would have told you about having teenagers?
3: First of all, that laughter is the secret sauce.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True.
3: <laughs> Sometimes you just got to laugh. Um, I wish somebody would have told me that nobody has it figured out.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, it's Lisa Bolivier, I think, that said, Behind every great kid is a mom who's sure she's screwing it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um again, I can do all things for Christ. Um, his grace is sufficient. But yeah, that and it's okay. It's okay not to have this all figured out. And God bless the teens who live with us, because they're trying to figure it out too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. yeah. And so Annette what do you wish somebody would have told you about having young children?
0: The fighting. The oh constant God. fighting. Oh, my word. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. That's my word of encouragement for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I look back on my life, and I remember fighting, but anyway, it's that, that's real, and apparently it's not going away. So um, I really love this about behind every good kid there's the mom that thinks they're screwing it up and believe me that is very true and I think we can all probably share that the other thing that I was told and I wish I I've learned to embrace it is um especially for young kids like my kids aren't super young anymore but in those earlier days like say five and under um the days are long but the years are short You know, and I hate it when parents say to another parent, oh, enjoy it while you can, because before you know it, it's going to be gone. We know that. We want it to be gone. (laughs) Right, you know? And so don't tell me that right now, because I'm not going to enjoy this current fight in the car on the way to school. I do know, eventually, I'll be like, oh, well, I won't wish they were fighting, but, you know, I wish they were back in my car. But I think it is... You know, the, the point of that statement was um, try not to rush your children yeah. to the next stage. Um, when they start walking, they don't start not walking. So let's just enjoy the crawling. Let's, let's just try to not rush them through. Yeah. Uh, they grow up way too fast, faster than we probably ever did. Um, and life does go really, really quickly. And the other thing is, is that um, every stage is different, and it has its challenge. No stage is easier than the other, I don't, find, I don't think. Um, and so the whole, oh, just wait, that's not helpful. <laughs> just wait until your kids, blah, that is not helpful. So trying to get parents to just enjoy where you are at. And the next stage will be there and you'll be just as confused then. So just keep her going.
1: Can we give these ladies a hand? Just stay with them one second.
0: Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.